0: Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series from September and October 2022 on Caring for the Planet. We hope you enjoy this message and that it offers some meaning for your life.
1: So that was a clip from the last Sunday's news headlines. and similar weather stories, you may remember uh, continued to lead the news for most of last week until Thursday when Queen Elizabeth died, and and so naturally the focus switched to the transition and to her death. And so, you know, I'm not preaching about that, but, but do please pray for the people in England and around the world. Um, they're going through two huge transitions, a prime minister and, and a monarchy, um, in just a couple of days. So keep them in your prayers. Um, but the extreme weather here in the U.S. continues. Um, even if if it's not on the headlines. Um, And the western heat wave was followed, at least in the southern part of California, by uh, Hurricane Kay, which dumped um, a whole bunch of of water, rainwater, and caused some flooding flooding in San Diego and and areas by there. So what we're doing is we're seeing dramatic weather, dramatic weather all over the country. and, And oftentimes, like in this video, extremes, opposite extremes, happening at the same time in different parts of the same country. We had flooding, we had storms, we had fires, we had heat waves, we had, we had dust storms, just, you know, all of, all that at the same time, right? It's been happening for months. In, In fact, it's been happening for years. Um, but it seems to have been really ramped up over the past couple of months, or it's very possible that maybe I've just begun to notice it. Um, I, that could be it. Um, but these, these danger, dangerous weather extremes are even more apparent when we look beyond our borders to see what's happening around the world. And you know, in the United States, we don't often look beyond our borders. We're pretty America-centric. Um, but when we do, um, just in the last few months, um, thousands of people died in Europe, the result of an unprecedented and prolonged heat wave that affected 21 European countries during July and August. I didn't even know that until I researched this. Um, then there were the torrential rains, um, the monsoon rains in Pakistan, that so far have killed over 1,400 people, have destroyed more than one million homes, and have left one-third of that country underwater. Can you imagine if we had a million homes in the U.S. destroyed and one-third of our country underwater? Can you imagine what that would do? No, I can't. So, this climate sermon series seems particularly timely right now um it's time you guys in fact it's 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 past time to examine our call as christians to care for god's earth and everything on it to take a hard look at what's been happening around us and to do something about it both individually and as a congregation and that's what we're going to be focused on these next couple of weeks now maybe you have been on top of caring for creation for years Maybe that's how you've always lived, very aware of the impact that your living choices have on our planet, but I will confess that until recently I haven't. I just haven't. I did, I did basic stuff, but I, I really haven't. Like many in the US, I've been aware of the dangers of our warming climate, but until relatively recently I've always I've always thought it was an issue that we could deal with later, that, that that at some point in the future, because it wasn't as immediate a problem as so many of the other issues that impacted this country on a daily basis. I seem to be running from issue to issue to issue, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. Guys, and this is, this is a uh, presidential sermon for two reasons. Well, for one reason, I say I was wrong twice in one sermon. I don't think, I I very seldom say I was wrong once in one sermon, but I don't think I've ever done it twice. And so here's the first one. I was wrong. I was wrong. We need to discuss climate change now because it is and has been for some time an, an issue that impacts all of our lives. As we'll see over the next couple of weeks, climate change is what's called a threat multiplier, a threat multiplier, which means that it aggravates lots of other issues that we already care about, issues like hunger and poverty and racism, jobs in the economy, health and immigration, and even some not-so-heavy issues like the types of food we eat, our winter sports, and where we get to vacation. So during this sermon series, we're going to look in more detail at, at what's happening to the earth and at what we can do about it and throughout. Throughout, I hope you see these sermons as ones in which we honestly face facts, okay? We're not going to sugarcoat stuff, um, but but also we'll be able to live into the hope that is in us as followers of Jesus, okay? I'm not going to try and make any of us feel guilty or scare us because that gets us no place. People who are scared and guilty just kind of sit there immobilized, and that's not what we need, okay? What I want to do is help us all understand both where we are right now and what we can do. Indeed, what we are called to do to take action to address the climate change that we've got and how that action will actually create a world that looks more like the world that God originally imagined. Okay. So this is a, this is, I mean, ultimately, this is a good thing, although the way through is not ideal. So over the next few weeks, we will touch on some data about the Earth and what the climate looks like currently. But I'm not going to inundate you with all sorts of scientific data to prove that our planet is warming. First, I'm not a scientist. And second, most scientists agree and have agreed for some time that our planet is warming and that humans are the primary source of that warming. Now, if you have any questions about the scientific data, I can gladly send you to links that give you a whole bunch of information, more than you probably ever wanted, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna go into all that uh, the next couple of weeks. I don't even know that we need all that kind of scientific information because all we have to do is look around, okay? If I can see it, you guys can see it. All we need to do is watch the weather highlights like the news clip we just saw. All we have to do is look at how the, some of the things that we love to do and like to do are being compromised by our changing climate. Well, and here's my line that I have to change. Well, we in the Chicago area have been enjoying one of the best couple of months of weather that I can imagine, except for today, um, giant chunks of the rest of the country have not, okay? Remember, just last, it was about a week and a half ago, right, 150,000 people in Jackson, Mississippi had no running water for a week. They just had no water pressure because flooding overwhelmed the city's main water treatment plant. They have water now, but it's still undrinkable, okay? It's been weeks now. At the same time, Lake Mead, a water source crucial to 25 million people in our western western uh, states is at the epicenter of the biggest western drought in history. And you you may have seen it in the context of climate change, but what you also may have seen is news stories about bodies and other things that they're finding in Lake Mead as the waters continue to recede. Um, so anyway, it's, you know it's in Las Vegas, so it's probably mafia connected somehow. Anyway, anyway, I I digress, but. Some people, some people may tell you that they don't believe. They don't believe in climate change. Well, you, we we know what's happened. It's it's not an issue of believing or not believing. We know what's happening. Extreme weather events like storms and heatwaves are becoming more frequent, and they're becoming more damaging. It's not a question of believing. It's simply a question of what, if anything, are we going to do? So. That's what we're going to be looking at. So that's what we're going to be looking at for the next couple weeks. But today, as I said, a good place to begin, for at least for Christians, is to start with the Bible. What does God have to tell us about our call to care for this planet and everything on it? And strangely enough, this is okay. This isn't this isn't an I was wrong part, but it's almost that bad. I, I have I have never preached a sermon on climate change or planet warming or care for creation. Never. I mean, not that I've been a pastor for like years and years and years, but but it's been a while. Um, and it's not because the Bible doesn't say anything about it. It's, again, because I didn't think it was that big of a deal until recently. So we start with the story of creation in Genesis 1. And it doesn't matter whether you read this metaphorically or literally, because we read that God created the earth and everything in it. And I don't know how God did that, but God created it. And as creator, God continues to own it all. You'll see it, that passage from Psalm 24 and from Leviticus. But God has given humanity, all of, of us, a special job with respect to God's creation. God has entrusted it to all of us and given us the responsibility to take care of us, to take care of it. So if we keep reading in Genesis one, God creates humans in God's image and it says that God did that for a reason, so that they may take care of this earth. And I wanna stop here for a minute. Um, and I, I don't know if all of you shared this experience, but but it's mine. When I was a kid, I understood that humans were to have dominion over the earth, and that's why I put it in red there, because, because at that point in time, and still today, lots of, um, lots of English translations of the Bible said that humans will have dominion over the earth. And when I was taught this stuff, um, the word used was given a, a pretty negative connotation, like, like one would dominate conquered enemies or something like that. As if the earth and everything that was on it was made solely for humanity and we could do whatever we wanted with it, not caring whether we, our actions damaged the plants or the animals or the earth itself. It was, it, was, it was ours to do with what we wanted. Okay, here we go. You know what? I was wrong. I understood wrongly. This special job that we humans are given is to take care of the earth the way that God would take care of it, okay? The Hebrew word that's translated sometimes as dominion or sometimes as rule in the in the verses that we just saw is the word rada. Rada. It's a royal word, and it speaks to the rule of a king. But the type of rule is the rule of a good king, okay? A good king. It's a king who cares for the poor. It's a king who protects the weak. And when you look at Genesis 2, that's made very explicit. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And other, gen- other um, translations say to tend or to watch it or to guard it, okay? Um, and Jesus went even further. Jesus says, you know, if you're my follower and you rule anything, you rule as a servant. You rule from below. You don't rule by oppressing. Okay? But we know that. That's the, that's the way Jesus is. So when, So far from any biblical support for humanity to exploit the earth, God has entrusted this planet for us to care for and to protect. We are stewards of this earth. We don't own it. We're stewards of this earth and all things that are living on it. So rather than extracting everything we can, rather than exploiting it, we're called to guard its natural beauty. We're called to use it in ways that, that benefit and preserve humanity and God's other creatures. And we're called to restore those places that had been ill-treated. And I was thinking about the Chicago River, which over the last 30 years has been sort of restored. I mean, you don't get a whole lot of people swimming in it, but people are in a tubing in it and kayaking in it, and they would never have done that in the early 70s. So here's what what else the Bible tells us. God loves this earth. Six times, Genesis tells us that God looked at what God created and God pronounced it good. And Jesus reminds us that God clothes even the lilies of the field and cares about even the smallest bird. In the most famous of biblical verses, John 3.16, it doesn't say God just loved humanity. God loved the whole earth. God loved the entire world. So, if God entrusts us with the responsibility to take care of the earth God loves... We need to make sure that we are caring for it in love, right? We need to make sure that we're not using and abusing it, that we're caring for it and everything in it in the way that God would care for it, with love. Now, after I got over my dominion confusion, which was for some years, that's how I understood humanity's role, as we were stewards. We were caretakers of the planet. We were called to protect the earth and the plants and the animals in it. Certainly to use its, to, certainly to use its resources for our benefit, for humanity's benefit, right? But to use them in ways that were respectful of the earth and the other creatures that were living on it, right? The other creatures that God loved. But only recently, this is such a, a disappointment. I have to confess all this stuff. Only recently have I discovered, and again, you may have known this for years, only recently have I discovered that there is more. There is more. We, we, all of humanity, we are living things true. We are living creatures as well. So back in Genesis 1, when God gives us the responsibility to care for the earth and all living things on it, that includes people as well, you guys. Our call to care for creation also includes a call to care for each other. Okay, and once we start thinking that way, things really start exploding, and and you get really creative. And then, of course, as always, Jesus makes it really clear. Okay, what are those two essential commands that Jesus gives us? To love God with all we've got, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And you know, we could spend. I could get up here every every week. I'm preaching that, and it would be it would be something different, and it would never exhaust the breath the, the of these two commandments. After all, we just spent a month, right, I'm over a month, talking about the importance of loving our neighbor in the context of the parable of the Good Samaritan. But I'm telling you, until a couple of weeks ago, it, it never occurred to me that climate care is simply another way to love our neighbors. Yes, duh, duh, that's exactly what it is. Those people in Jackson, Mississippi who don't have clean drinking water, are they our neighbors? They, they don't, they don't live right north to us, next door to us, but they are certainly people in need. So of course they are our neighbors. And we love them now by, by keeping them, by keeping, giving them water, sending water down there and helping them deal with the, the issues they've got right now. But we also help them by doing what we can to lessen the likelihood that they're going to get huge amounts of rainfall dumped on them time and time and time again. And to do that, we take Climate action. You can see it, those people out west who rely on Lake Mead as an integral water source. Are they our neighbors? Yeah, these are these are rhetorical questions, people. Yes, they are. Of course they are, and we are called to help them by doing what we can to make it less likely that the rest of Lake Mead will dry up in the near future. And that takes climate action. Those people in Pakistan whose homes are destroyed and whose land is flooded, are they our neighbors way, way out there? Of course they are. And one thing we're going to learn over these next couple of weeks is that climate change often has its most devastating impacts on the people who are already most vulnerable to begin with. And those are the people who like live in poorer countries and who ironically are the ones who have contributed the least to the problem. Right? Those of us who live in, in richer countries have more resources to protect ourselves against this kind of stuff. And again, we help those people in Pakistan now by sending them food and water and aid. But long term, long term, we help them by taking action to avoid these extreme weather problems from getting even worse. Here's one, our children and our grandchildren who will inherit this planet that we're leaving them, which isn't doing its best right at the moment. Are our kids and our grandkids our neighbors? Yeah, yeah, they are our neighbors. And, of course, we love them dearly. And a huge way that we can show them how much we love them is to take climate action now so that they can live in a world that's better off than the way things are heading right now. So not only has God entrusted us with the responsibility to care for this planet and everything on it, but we are also called to love our neighbor. And there are a whole bunch of neighbors, near and far neighbors, older and younger and even unborn neighbors who could really use our help, who could really benefit from a world that's being taken care of in the way that God would want us to take care of it, with love, with love. So next week, as I said before, I'm going to invite you to bring something that you love. It can be a person or an animal. It can be something beautiful from nature like flowers or something wonderful to eat, fruit. We have some fruit back here already. It can be something that reminds you of something else that you love to do, a ski if you love to, you know, ski whatever. It can be a picture and that might be easier for most of us. A picture of someone or something or some activity or some natural view that or some place that you love will be outside. Um, And so what we're going to start doing is connecting the dots between all the stuff that we already love, all the things that we already value, and the impacts of climate change.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com, where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazzara created our original music, John Uzzardo engineered the sound, Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties, and I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.